Blog Talk Radio. From the far reaches of the known universe, we are proud to present Brother Harold Muhammad, soldier, scientist, scholar. Blog Talk Radio's finest, not so mad science, on Black Hole Radio. Assalamu alaikum, and welcome to tonight's edition of Not So Mad Science here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Once again, and as always, by Allah's permission, coming to you live from the city of Detroit, I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad. And just because Barry Gordy took Motown to L.A. does not mean Detroit has lost its soul. Before we get into the meat and to potato, the meat and potatoes of tonight's program on COVID, which will be part seven of our series, I want to bring to all of you the local challenges with regards to the weather. As of 1.42 this afternoon, Eastern Standard Time, the National Weather Service reported a line of strong thunderstorms that will affect the northeastern portion of Wayne County, the southeastern portion of Oakland and Macomb counties. Radar indicated strong thunderstorms were located along a line which extended from Royal Oak to the Detroit Zoo and as far south as Dearborn. The movement was northeast at 30 miles per hour, with winds in excess of 30 miles per hour that are possible with these storms. These storms will be near Royal Oak, Birmingham, and the Detroit Zoo, and descended upon that area around 1.45 in the afternoon today, and were expected to stay in that area until at least 3 o'clock this afternoon. Other locations impacted by these storms included Melvindale, Roseville, Shelby Township, Ray Center, Utica, Washington, Lathrop Village, Harper Woods, Pleasant Ridge, Gross Point Shores, and of course, the northeastern and northwestern portions of Detroit. Other locations impacted by these storms will be reported on in your local weather alert on the local news. But I thought it prudent to let you know that these storms have not left our area and will be with us all through the night this evening. So if you do not have to drive your vehicle, stay off the road because flash flood warnings are in effect. There will be torrential rainfall throughout the night. So seeking shelter inside is in your and our best favor and in the public interest. Now, let's get started. Schools and universities are considering mandates now for COVID-19. The CDC is recommending schools K-12 become vaccination sites and wants everyone to get a vaccination that can get one. Last month, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, ACIP, ACIP, said that there is a likely link 
between heart inflammation with the Pfizer and the Moderna COVID vaccines in children. The ACIP members acknowledge that there are 1,200 cases of record where heart inflammation in 16-year-olds to 24-year-olds and said the mRNA COVID vaccines should carry a warning statement. Overall, the officials emphasize that the benefits of COVID vaccines outweigh the risks. Well, I want to ask you something before we go any further. It's now time for you, me, us, all of us to raise our voices and take a stand. How much longer are we the people willing to sit idle while our health is destroyed by governmental practices that is not in our best interest? While the rich get richer off the pain and suffering of the 85%. How much more are you, we, willing to endure? There's no time to wait. Children are going to be injured. And in fact, some will die. It's time for you to raise your voices now while you can affect policy change in theory. Tell your schools and universities in your state to avoid the lawsuit that will inevitably come if they mandate the COVID-19 vaccinations or discriminate against children who aren't vaccinated. Ask them to come down on the side of Moral freedom, moral choice, the better health of the nation. If writing is your thing, please send a letter, email, or both to each of the universities and schools in your area. It doesn't matter if your child is in grade school or college. Each mandate encourages others. These things need to be stopped in their tracks. So who do you reach out to? You can reach out to the Final Call newspaper and make your feelings known. You can reach out to the Children's Health Defense Fund to make your concerns known. You can reach out to your local newspapers, to your local TV news. You can reach out to your Facebook page or whatever form of social media that you use to express your outrage and concerns about mandates being used for the institutions of learning. So let me give you a few COVID factoids and things that we know COVID-19 in our children. Almost 100% of children don't suffer from severe COVID. In fact, many have no symptoms at all. Thus, they may have already had COVID, which is another excellent reason not to get the vaccine. Why is that? Because once your body develops its natural immunity, you will only cause yourself to become permanently injured by taking a vaccine, a 
synthetic manufactured vaccine against something that your body already has a natural immunity to. Factoid number two. The WHO, the World Health Organization, has announced that young people should not take the vaccine. Isn't that something? Yet they want to shove it down the throats of so-called third world countries of Africa, South America, and the Far East. Caribbean and islands of the Pacific. The World Health Organization. Factoid number three. A concerning number of young people, especially those under 30, are suffering from myocarditis, heart inflammation, blood clots, low platelet levels, and other debilitating heart conditions following the taking of the COVID-19 vaccination. Toy number four, the risk of COVID vaccinations adverse outcome certainly outweigh the benefits to children and young adults who are considered low-risk populations. I can see and understand now why a man like the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam had been brought to tears in his plea telling the American people in both his voice in lectures and through his writing through the Final Call newspaper pleading, do not take this vaccine. It is too soon. We don't know what the poison will do to you yet. Factoid number five. Parental rights to make independent, informed decisions regarding their children's medical interventions, including vaccines, are being threatened by political decision makers who are making financial decisions for themselves and the pharmaceutical companies that will then become policy to force the poison into your children. And you respond in fear because you want to go to work, but your children will be forced to be home if they don't take the vaccine, your parental rights are now under assault. Factoid number six. Some scientists have raised concerns that the safety risks of COVID-19 vaccinations have been underestimated as of July 2nd. There have been 438,000 441, precisely, vaccine injuries, including 9,049 deaths immediately following the COVID-19 vaccination. Factoid number seven. Clinical trials in children and young adults are ongoing and will not be completed for at least one year. Yet, they are force-feeding by the coming school year in September to make you take a vaccine when the trials have not yet even been completed for another nine and a half months. Factoid number eight. Hundreds of colleges and universities embrace COVID vaccine mandates 
but there is no reason why students and families can't shun the coercive educational institutions and forge their own educational path. Factoid number nine. Not a single published study has demonstrated that patients who have had a prior COVID-19 infection benefit from the vaccine. So why recommend that all children get the shot? Talk about things that make you go, hmm. And this is not so mad science. With your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. School and university officials should not have the ability to mandate any medical procedures, including vaccination. In this case, the long-term effects upon the human population of any age from this experimental vaccine are yet still unknown. The policy is reckless and unwarranted, especially given the fact that there are many successful COVID-19 treatments that are available get no public airtime to expose the public to an alternative. A recent article in the Wall Street Journal entitled, quote, Are COVID vaccines riskier than advertised? This shot a warning to the CDC officials, and it ended with this paragraph. And I quote, public health authorities are making a mistake and risking the public trust by not being forthcoming about the possibility of harm from certain vaccine side effects. There will be lasting consequences from mingling political partisanship and science during the management of a public health crisis. This is not so mad science, and I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. So let the sons of thunder themselves present. Children's Health Defense News and Views reported a thing called Stop the Insanity on what they call the Community Corner. In this episode of the Community Corner, featured a discussion of some of the risks and harms of wearing a mask long term for students and whether the practice is effective. The guest included Kristen Megan, who is a noted expert in occupational and environmental toxicology, and Tammy Clark, an environmental health and safety official with OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Megan and Clark, between the two of them, have over 33 years combined experience working in the public health field, serving on various 
Infectious Disease and Pandemic Preparedness Committees. They also have served as legal and court-approved experts on personal protective equipment, PPEs, and respiratory health, and have assisted in the preparation of pandemic and emergency response plans. Both these women, both experts, are committed to educating the public about how one-size-fits-all mass mandates are unethical and dangerous to the public health. Now, am I personally saying that wearing a PPE, a mask, is not in the public interest, not in the individual interest? No. I do agree 1,000% that wearing a mask is in the public interest. But masks must be worn properly. During this program, both Megan and Clark discussed the physical risks such as hypercapnia or, for the layman, carbon dioxide poisoning, which can lead to permanent brain damage as well as psychological harm of wearing masks. How is this possible? Well, if you're asking a child to wear a mask for a little more than eight hours out of any given day, if you're asking an adult to wear a mask a little more than eight hours out of any standard work day while in the workplace, all the way up, covering both the nose and the mouth, the exhale of carbon dioxide is not leaving the enclosed space, the sealed area around the mouth and nose, sufficiently that your next inhale is not taking back in what you exhale. Thus, long-term mask-wearing exposes you to carbon dioxide poisoning as well as permanent brain damage, which is the net result, and the psychological harm of constantly wearing a mask. These two experts noted that lockdown measures and social distancing leads to an increase in depression, anxiety, and suicides among young people during the the pandemic. So what has been the rise in suicides in young folk ages 16 to 25? But let's expand that. 16 to 30. the rise in suicides as a result of extreme wearing of a mask during this lockdown period has been a rise of 17%, which can be immediately attributed to mask wearing. These two experts stress the importance of parents pushing back on the local level in their individual areas by demanding change from the school district boards of education and trustee measures to look at their policies and review what is going to be in the best interest of each of these children. Also joining in that discussion were Kate Corrigan from Students Against Mandates and Dr. Lisa Fulcenti, a chiropractor, on July 
Students Against Mandates are expected to host a rally from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Stony Brook Long Island Railroad Station in Stony Brook, New York. College students and community leaders will be there to unite to stand against the segregation discrimination caused by the mandates. In New Jersey, Families for Medical Freedom will also host a rally July 19th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the College of New Jersey. This rally is in response to the college policies that will segregate and discriminate against unvaccinated students. Again, I ask, how much longer are we, the people, willing to sit idle while our health is destroyed? while the rich get richer off the pain and suffering of the 85% still yet uninformed slaves to the 5% who dictate world policy and action with their money. This is not so mad science and I'm your host but I Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. So let the Sons of Thunder make their presence known again. This is not so mad science, but I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. It is now 6.57 p.m. here in the city of Detroit. And we are not yet at the end of our road. We have a lot further to go. So let's take a look at what some of these studies show. Eileen Irorio had a conversation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the Defender podcast. And she discussed that while the VAERS was created to protect children, and we all should know by now what the VAERS report is, the V-A-E-R-S. We've gone over it many times. The VAERS report was created to protect children from vaccine injury by reporting the adverse events caused by vaccines to Congress. The government-funded reporting system has never followed through on that mission. And that episode of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s podcast, who is the Children's Health Defense Chairman, vaccine safety advocate Eileen Arroyo, Wayne Rode, who is the author of the Vaccine Court, and Stan Gottschall of the Vaccine Data Project, discussed the failures of the VAERS report, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, including why the system captures fewer than 1% of America's vaccine injuries. The VAERS report is a government-funded system for reporting adverse vaccine reactions in the United States was created at its inception to protect children from vaccine injury. Injury, To quote 
It was supposed to trigger alerts and warnings, according to Miss Eileen Irario, mother of a vaccine-injured child and the author of the HPV vaccine on trial. But what does theirs really do? It exonerates vaccine makers from civil liability. VAERS was designed to submit biannual reports to Congress on vaccine injury in children, but that never really materialized or happened, according to Iorio, who said very little has been reported there until 2020 to 2021, when the COVID vaccines were rolled out. While it's unclear if the spike in the number of COVID vaccine adverse events is due injuries or is the result of better reporting, according to Ms. Iorio, COVID vaccine injuries now account for 30% of the total adverse events reported since, I should say, or recorded since 1990. Mr. Kennedy said one of the reasons VAERS is so flawed is that it's a voluntary system that relies mostly on doctors to report the vaccine injury. Mr. Kennedy said, and I quote, Doctors are taught in medical school that vaccine injuries are mythology. They are also devised. Now, what does that mean, disincentivize? To bring it old school and from the street, they have no reason and no function to report. There's no gain in them if they report. There's no incentive for them to report what is happening. It's not in their financial interest. Because doctors who do report them are punished by their professional society. And I wish we had time to listen to the interview here on Not So Mad Science more about the 99% of vaccine injuries are likely not being reported and how the doctors are actually discouraged from reporting vaccines injuries to theirs. There are doctors who went on record stating such that were punished by their uh, professional agencies and societies that they are a part of. And then there are doctors who made things known through whistleblower programs. You got to begin to recognize where you live. You got to begin to recognize who your enemy really is. And you have to begin to take a stand for your life. This is not so mad science. And I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network and the Sons of Thunder make themselves known once again. Vice President, and all those in that branch of government, 
the White House is asking SMS carriers, text messages. They're asking them to monitor vaccine misinformation in private text messages. According to Politico, a political watchdog group, the Biden administration may be taking a step further in curbing vaccine misinformation by monitoring private social media and text messages. The Biden administration and its allied groups, including the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, are planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS or short message services, the short message service carriers, your text message carriers, to dispel misinformation about vaccines sent over social media and through text messages. According to a report that was sent out today by Politico from the White House via the White House correspondent Natasha Koreski and Eugene Daniels. The initiative is part of the administration's attempt to get more people vaccinated for COVID after failing to reach its goal of having 70% of American adults American adults receive at least one vaccine dose by July 4th. And to quote Politico's reporter, we are steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the effort to get every American vaccinated so that we can save lives and help our economy further recover. White House spokesperson Kevin Munoz said this, according to Politico. When we see deliberate efforts to spread disinformation, we view that as an impediment to the country's public health and will not shy away from calling that out. Politico did not clearly define what the administration meant by monitoring of text messages, including if messages would be flagged or if they would be prevented from being delivered. This is a clear indicator of that Big Brother is always watching you. You have no private conversation. They see everything you write. They see everything you do. Your text messages are not on the World Wide Web. It's supposed to be a private thing between you and the person you're texting. However, this is not the case. The government is watching your personal text messages. They have the capacity. If your message is flagged, if it would be prevented from being delivered to the person you sent it to. The media outlet Political also did not clarify how the administration or social media platform would determine what exactly constitutes misinformation. Critics were quick to condemn the administration's latest move, according to Senator Josh Hawley, who is a constitutional lawyer. He tweeted the following. So now the Biden administration wants to get into people's text messages to force vaccine compliance and who knows what else. Our text messages are subject to review 
and approval. And this isn't the first time the White House signals its intent to work with social media platforms to monitor or suppress information it believes will deter people from getting the vaccine. The Defender reported in February, the White House has asked big tech giant Facebook, Twitter, and Alphabet Inc., Google, to clamp down on chatter that deviates from officially distributed COVID-19 information, according to an article in the New York Post and other news reports. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said in a tweet, social media tycoons are now openly serving as government surrogates in censoring factually accurate information that departs from government policies and pronouncements. Reuters News Service reported that Mr. Biden was concerned that fear about taking the vaccine has emerged as a major impediment to his administration's pandemic plan and wants help from social media moguls to keep the misinformation from going viral. The Biden administration faced backlash last week after President Biden announced plans to ramp up the federal government's efforts to get more Americans back by going door-to-door to encourage Americans to get vaccinated. In some states, they're giving people coupons to get their marijuana fix from the local head shop. In some states, they're giving people a $100 to go get vaccinated or after showing proof of being vaccinated. And in some states, they're giving people after coming out of a vaccine location, they're giving people gift certificates for food, for clothing, to get vaccinated. There are no holes. There are no rules. Whatever it takes to force poison into the arm of the fool that is willing to allow you to do that. Accuse the administration of tyrannical government overreach. But Dr. Anthony Fauci, Biden's chief medical advisor replied this past Sunday, accusing them of misinterpreting the president's program. Well, there's no misinterpretation of the program if you can monitor my private text messages that do not go through an internet medium, but is a message exchanged in a one-to-one communication with another person from my phone to their phone. You can block that message because it does not align itself with what you want me to do. Where's my right to speak my mind? Where's my right to do as I please with my body? This big interpretation that Fox News or whomever else is saying this is that they are essentially envisioning a bunch of federal workers knocking on your door telling you you've got to do something that you don't want to do, said Dr. Fauci. He said that's absolutely not the case. It's messengers who are part of the community doing that. Well, here's the problem. You have local churches that are federally funded 
that are being dictated to, because they receive federal funding, to encourage people to take a vaccine. That sounds like you're being squeezed to me. It's trusted messengers. What does that mean? They're not government officials. He says that's where he thinks the disconnect is. Well, if they're pushing the government's program, they represent the government. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki offered similar pushback in a White House briefing on July 9th when asked about South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster's push for the state's Department of Health to prohibit door-to-door tactics in the state's ongoing vaccination efforts. Last week, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster's, in a letter to the South Carolina Board of Health and Environmental Control, wrote, and I quote, enticing, coercing, intimidating, mandating, or pressuring anyone to take a vaccine is a bad policy that will deteriorate deteriorate, excuse me, the public trust and confidence in the state's efforts. Governor McMaster also said he was going to prohibit the state health agency from using the administration's targeted tactics. Press Secretary Pasaki responded to McMaster's letter saying it was diversive or a disservice to the country to provide inaccurate disinformation at a moment when we're still fighting a pandemic and that the failure to provide accurate public health information, including the efficacy of vaccines and the accessibility of them to people across the country, including South Carolina, is literally killing people. So maybe they should consider that. Uh, Well, maybe they should consider that the vaccine is doing exactly what she described that misinformation is doing. It's literally killing people. Press Secretary Krasowski said the administration has engaged engaged with local community groups and pastors, here we go again, and pastors to handle door-to-door sharing of information with neighbors about the vaccines for months. According to Politico, the Biden administration has teamed up with the COVID collaborative, which describes itself as a diverse and comprehensive team of experts leaders and institutions in health, education, and the economy, which works to develop consensus recommendations and engage with local, state, and national leaders. The collaborative and initiative of the Office of American Possibilities, an office I never heard of before and didn't even know it existed, Office of American Possibilities charted vaccine hesitancy by zip codes and is working to convince people to get vaccinated as part of the door-to-door campaign. I got to look that up. The Office of American Possibilities. Hmm. Sounds like some clandestine CIA crap to me. The COVID Collaborative has partnerships with the CDC Foundation, which partners with Pfizer and the Pfizer Foundation. It also has partnerships with the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Rockefeller Foundation, the National Association of Manufacturers, which also partners with Pfizer, and numerous organizations that receive funding from pharmaceutical companies 
that manufacture COVID vaccines. So the web and circle of inconsistencies and special interests is very intricate and far-reaching. We're asking the pharmaceutical companies to do the right thing, but they've already done the wrong thing and continue to promote a program and hide it through shell relationships with the federal government to push poison into your arm. The COVID Collaborative co-founder, John Bridgeland, said his group has already seen a shift on the ground with people shutting doors in their faces because they don't want to get vaccinated. Kudos to you people who have done that. Big ups to you all for fighting for your rights to save your life and your health. Mr. Bridgeland's biggest concern is that these lies convince communities who are already wary of vaccines, creating sects and sections of the country where the virus just bounces among the unvaccinated. Well, we know from other reports that this is not true. That is the, it is the vaccinated that are spreading the vaccine. The vaccinated does not mean you cannot give the vaccine to someone else. And this is not so mad science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Once again, and as always, reaching out to you from the city of Detroit with a little bit of peanut butter to ease your pain and your thirst and a bottle of water. We have reached the end of the material that we have wanted to discuss tonight. And God willing, we'll be back next week with part eight of the assault on the lies provided to you by our federal government, the pharmaceutical companies, and the media moguls as we fight to save our lives. So the immortal words that late great black preacher from the Abyssinian Baptist Church of New York, Reverend Dr. Adam Clayton Powell. Keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith.